This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs, will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. <laughs> to all Americans tonight, in all of our cities and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you. Good night. I love you.
want a song? Oh. What a song, what a song. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. Last time we had a show was Thursday. It was fantastic. It's uh, everything you could want from a show. Perfect rhythms, amazing flow, excellent guests, great dialogue, um, just, just so great. So great in every aspect. That's for damn sure. Um, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I hope it was fun. I hope it all went accordingly. Um, so much, so much has gone on in the media this past weekend. I mean, it's been one story after the other. Constant, constant, constant. And uh, I'd like to, uh, first and foremost, like I do every episode, I'd like to thank my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors, you guys are all incredible. Uh, the show is now listened to in 25 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit my media site, dnexgenusa.com. Also remember, in about a month, but it might be a little longer, we are, we are dealing with a few setbacks. Um, with this with this network, uh, we have a few investors already, and we had that last investor, but that last investor uh, flaked on us. But we are getting a replacement. We're getting somebody to uh, fill that void. So uh, the the uh, the stall, the, the you know, it being stalled right now and, and kind of uh, paused won't be for very long. So I still expect in about a month or two. Uh, the, the new network will be up and going, and uh, everything will be squared away. Like I said, that third investor dropped out, but then we got, a net, we got another one now to fill the void. So, I mean, that everything should be fine. Um, I, had a, I had discussions with my team this past week, and we were going over a lot of different details. Um, but, yeah, about that network, though, we will be having many notable people doing their own shows, like I said. Uh, and my friend, America's Toughest Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, and my friend, uh, Robert Spencer, Director of Jihad Watch, those two guys will be the main faces of the network, and I'm um, very excited. God, I, uh, I can't believe this, shoot, this shooting over the weekend. We are going to get into this, but uh, I do want to have a moment of silence uh, just for the victims in, uh, in Texas and in um, uh, Ohio uh, this past weekend. Tragedy, tragedy. It just goes to show we never know when, when it could be our last moment or our last breath. I mean, this was so unexpected. I mean, you had these people, for instance, in Ohio that were going out for, for a night on town, and it ended up, and some of them, it ended up ending their life. And with Walmart in Texas, I mean, just going to shop, just going to get everyday needs, and a gunman randomly walks in. It's insane. It's insane. But we are going to get into this. There's a lot to get into here. Um, I do want to welcome to the show 
uh, founder of Republicans United, founder of College Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin DeKuyper. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing very well. I hope you are, too. It's been quite a tumultuous week and uh, so much to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. Absolutely. Uh, Also would like to welcome to the show, um, I believe we have him on with us, uh, Second Amendment advocate, gun spokesman, entrepreneur, musician, commentator, activist, and best-selling author, Dan Watts. Dan, how are you? Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? I'm I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I also would like to welcome um, e- evangelist, motivational speaker, activist, and best-selling author, Sam Tully. Sam, how are you? Hey, Roy. I'm doing great. Under the circumstances, it's such a wild weekend. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Well, good to, good to have you here. Um, everybody, I, want, I want, obviously want to get into the main story, uh, which is this massacre that, that went down over the weekend. Uh, this is this is insanity. I mean, this is this is scary in every single aspect. This should frighten anybody. I mean, we, you know, we don't. We just don't know. We just don't know when our time is. These people didn't go out to these places uh, over the weekend, you know, thinking that this was going to be their last breath. You know. Uh, most of them were expect, expecting to live a long life. And this epidemic, you know, and, and it's the fact that, you know, these people have to go through so much misery and suffering because of some psycho and because of some guy that is, you know, off his meds, mentally sick, deranged, um, you know, it, it's unfair. It, it's unfair. And, and like I've said many times, we have a mental health problem in this country. We do not have a gun problem. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And, you know, we see how pathetic it is that the Democrats come out right away and they politicize it. They make it about gun control. They, you know, try to advance their agenda. Very selfish and insensitive to to the victims and the victims' families. No condolences. Straight to the political agenda. What did the NRA do? What did President Trump do? What did most Republicans do? They gave condolences. They said, we're sorry. They didn't make this a political matter. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sick, you know, how, how we're, we're dealing with a party like the Democrats that are wanting to see more people suffer. Because let's face it, if you take away, if you take away the guns, you're only going to leave the good guy defenseless. And criminals are always going to access guns. They're always going to carry out evil attacks if they want to. You're not going to stop that. The only thing you're doing, like I said, is putting the good guy in harm's way, not allowing him to defend himself, not allowing him or her to uh, take advantage of the situation. You know, in, in, in an instant, in, 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 in an instant like this. I mean, this is this is this is scary, 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 and we're seeing all the problems. And you know, we saw President Trump today, you know, try to push for more background checks, and you know, uh, obviously, red red flag laws and all that stuff. 
But this stuff is already in place. A lot of this stuff is already in place. There's not, there's not much additional you can do in this situation. There really isn't. I mean, it, you, every law is in place as it should be at this point. You know, it's, it's, you know, every gun owner shouldn't have to be held responsible and suffer because some idiot wants to go on a rampage. I mean, these, these stories over the weekend are just are mind-blowing. You know, some of these people, these two guys, they're manifestos, the ones in Ohio and the ones in Texas. I mean, how, how do you get that sick and that deranged and that evil and that hateful to where you want to take other people's lives? It, 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 you know, obviously I have a lot to say, but I want to, I want to play what the president said earlier today, uh, and then we will all talk about it. But, guys, this is, this is just so sad, and it's, it's terrifying. It really is. Uh, president Trump, uh, actually, here, here's from yesterday, right after it happened, uh, President Trump calling out and um, calling out, you know, the white supremacist uh, ideology and basically saying that's not tolerated in our country, uh, one for Christ, the clip on that is terrible, terrible. Uh, it sounds terrible. And I, all my clips are always very clear. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, let me let me play. Let's play Trump uh, earlier today uh, talking about you know how we have a problem with mental illness with this uh, with these situations. Uh, and this was from today. This this clip. Sorry about the last clip, guys. I don't know what happened. It's just it's not clear. And this is weird because all my clips are usually clear. Uh, one fire. First, we must do a better job of identifying and acting on early warning signs. I am directing the Department of Justice to work in partnership with local, state, and federal agencies, as well as social media companies to develop tools that can detect mass shooters before they strike. As an example, the monster in the Parkland High School in Florida had many red flags against him, and yet nobody took decisive action. Nobody did anything. Why not? Second, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It is too easy today for troubled youth 
to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this, and it has to begin immediately. Cultural change is hard, but each of us can choose to build a culture that celebrates the inherent worth and dignity of every human life. That's what we have to do. Third, we must reform our mental health laws to better identify mentally disturbed individuals who may commit acts of violence and make sure those people not only get treatment, but when necessary, involuntary confinement. Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. Fourth, we must make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms, and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders. Today, I'm also directing the Department of Justice to propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty, and that this capital punishment be delivered quickly, decisively, and without years of needless delay. So, so there you have it. I mean, we, we, have, we obviously have a serious situation here. We have a very serious matter that we are dealing with. You know, this is an epidemic. You know, and, and a lot of it, sadly, is like monkey see, monkey do. There's a lot of sick people out there that are watching these people on TV, and they're like, oh, I want to go. They're like, their mindset is, I got to try this. I want to be famous. I want to, you know, act like just like they do in the movies. This is what these people, this is what they think. This is, or, or, you know, some of it's that, or it's, you know, payback. There's a lot of them that are very angry uh, at their situation in life. Look at the kid, for instance, in Ohio. Uh, and this is very disturbing, this, this information, but apparently he kept lists of people he wanted to rape. He kept lists of people he wanted to rape and people he wanted to kill. And apparently he got kicked out of school for it for a long time and then eventually came back and, you know, obviously here we are, but this kid was you know, a problem in the past. You know, adults said they never had a problem with him. They never had any issue. That He was a nice guy, but a lot of the kids had issues with him. Apparently, he was bullied. He didn't fit in. Uh, you know, he didn't resonate with, with that certain crowd. So, you know, obviously, that gets people really insecure, gets them sad, gets them down. And, you know, if, if they – some people just handle it in different ways. Obviously, this was as extreme as it gets, but – Oh, my God. And for God's sakes, the guy in Ohio uh, killed his sister. This, this whole story, you know, it's mind-boggling. Just reading about it and going through every single detail. So, you know, the track record was there. The track record was there. And, you know, in terms of this guy – Warnings. I mean, there, there were stuff on his social media. There were uh, things that were pointing to, you know, him inciting violence, stuff like that. Obviously, those notes of, of him 
saying who he wanted to rape and kill is, is, is enough right there. But there were way, way more signs than that and other things he was doing. Uh, his Twitter, uh, they had to take down because apparently it was very disturbing. I didn't see it, but uh, there was apparently a lot of, um, you know, terrorist uh, activity and uh, engagement on that account. So they did not want to uh, enable, enable that. So they took it down right after the situation. Uh, but it's, it's sick. This is sick, sick stuff. And, you know, the, the mainstream media, they're blaming it on Trump. They're saying this is Trump's fault. They're saying this, this is all has to do with Trump spread, spreading fear and, and, and hate and rhetoric to, to, to our country. The biggest BS I've ever heard in my life. This isn't Trump's fault. Trump had nothing to do with this. And if you're going to start blaming presidents for mass shootings, why don't you blame the man from Kenya, the scumbag, fake black guy who was in there before? He had the most shootings out of anybody in his presidency. There, there was a record amount of shootings when he was in there. And if you, if you, if you want to blame Trump, then let's blame Barack Hussein Osama for all the stuff that happened. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is, you know, this is just silly. And the mainstream media tries to find ways to spin it and to make it look like, you know, this is, this is Trump and his supporters' fault. And there was an article that came out that, you know, I'm going back and forth, obviously, with both shooters, obviously Ohio and Texas. But, for instance, the Texas Walmart shooter, you know, the, the media wanted to say that he was influenced and, you know, inspired by Trump. But, you know, he, he was way radical before Trump ever came along, and he even admitted that to reporters and to investigators. So this was not inspired by Trump in any sort of way. This kid had a, you know, uh, a, a long history of hate. And wh- why, why do they talk about these shootings, but they don't talk about Baltimore or Chicago? You know, Chicago over the weekend, 50 people were shot. Seven dead. Why, why don't the Democrats talk about it? Oh, I know why. Because it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit their agenda. Because Chicago is the most strictest gun city in America. And they don't, they don't want that example uh, being shown to the public uh, on a consistent – I mean, obviously some of the public knows, but they don't want that out there constantly. Otherwise, it makes their gun control narrative totally backfire on them. I mean, half their supporters – don't even pay attention to what's going on in Chicago. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ, it's like I'm living in a twilight zone. You know, it's, and this whole, this whole term of white nationalism and, you know, you know, saying that white people are over the top and they need to be condemned and called out. No, 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 no. This is not about white people. You know, we, we, we disavowed and, you know, uh, you know, got rid of Nazis and, and those bad people years ago. We don't associate with them. We don't associate with Nazis, hateful people. They don't represent us. Just because we're Trump supporters, the media thinks they can generalize and say we, we, we condone and stand for what these assholes do. No. We don't, we're not responsible for these idiots and their, and their sh- shooting attacks. You know, they make their choice. Yes, some of them are sick, and, you know, I, I, you know, obviously everybody has 
uh, a choice at the end of the day and, and has self-control and, and makes, makes their bed. But I will say, you know, with the mental health, though, I mean, I obviously I can understand why, um, you know, it would be it would be harder for somebody with mental health to um, just to comprehend, to understand, rather than you know somebody that was um, had it all there, you know, was walking a straight and narrow. But still, I mean, you, you, these guys know right from wrong. They they do. I mean, this is this is sick. And and you know, they try to you know tried to be they try to justify it the media you know the democrats they try you know they try to justify gun control and why you know why why it will work even even when this guy bought his gun legally this guy did it all the the right way this has nothing to do with gun control he would have still got his gun with gun control (laughs) and their supporters right when they say gun control their supporters jump on it like a bunch of sheep it's sad. It's pathetic. This, this is, it's out of this world mind-blowing what we're dealing with right now. Um, Jesus Christ. And it's, you know, I understand obviously something, you know, something might need to be done. But I just, I'm running out of ideas. Everything that needs to be done or should have been done for this situation, for gun laws, are pretty much already there unless you want to violate the Second Amendment, which is not the answer. You know, if somebody wants to carry out evil, they're going to do it. And, you're, you're got, like I said, your gun laws are not going to take the millions of illegal guns off the street. It's just not going to happen. Um, Dan, let's go to you. Go ahead. Start with you. You're the, you're the Second Amendment expert and the, the gun guy. Go ahead. Well, uh, you know, at times I share your frustration, and I and then I I start to look at look at the situation, and I I calm down a little bit because I recognize that what we're dealing with with the the liberal media and these Democrat uh, presidential candidates is we are literally working with some of the most despicable people on the planet because that narrative that you're talking about is is exactly right. They will take a situation and they will spin it in the most uh, the, the most horrible horrible way to vilify us, vilify good people. They'll vilify conservatives. They'll vilify gun owners. They'll vilify you know uh, Republicans. And this is all just a blood sport to them. They really don't have any. They don't seem to have any values or any morals. When it comes to honest, uh, honest debate or honest, uh, you know, uh, conversations on this topic, so that's the one thing we have to understand: we're dealing with despicable people, and they will not change. So the frustration that we have is real. That I can feel that frustration, Rory. I understand it, but we also have to understand that what we're doing here is we're playing a game. It's a sport, right? It's, and I and, and, I, get, and it, I get people are sad and upset, but I mean, it's like, what the hell do they want? Trump to do. I mean, there's there's not much that right. can be done. I mean, you know, it's it's just crazy. We keep going. Sorry. Well, no, no. The, the first thing we do is we arm ourselves to protect ourselves and our families because we're not well, going yeah, to fix the, we're not going to fix the problem of human violence overnight. And the the you know Democrats are blocking us every step of the way that we try. You know, see, here's the thing. <clears throat> they want to talk about gun their so called gun violence. 
But what we're really talking about is human violence. They don't want to look at human violence as being the cause of the problem because when they are forced to look at human violence, they have to look at their own failures. What I mean is open borders, sanctuary cities, rampant drug use, uh, welfare dependency that they're desperately trying to keep people on, and all the, right. all the other things that they you know inner city gang violence and all sorts of drugs yeah. and all, all sorts of problems that they support. Yeah. <clears throat> so so they don't want to look at human violence. They want to always make it about the guns. They want to pin the blame on Republicans. It's a it's a horrible horrible thing. But once we get past that, and we understand what they're doing. Then we, we then we actually have to. Uh, we have to, unfortunately, we have to play them on their own field, and um, but arming ourselves is probably first and foremost until we can figure out what the the causes and how to fix the problems. And what, Dan? What do you make of you know, like the the video games and you know some of the movies out there and, and some of the the graphic videos that they, they show online. I mean, the mainstream yeah. media and the Democrats want to, they want to laugh and say, Oh, that's just an excuse by Trump. But no, it's not. That's actually a reasonable explanation because people get ideas from these games and from these movies and from these graphic online videos. Yeah. And that's true. They, they, they may get ideas and, and that's, and that's true. But the, the problem that I see with all that stuff is that it desensitizes uh, them to killing, um, yeah. and we're already dealing with kids who don't have, you know, a lot of our society doesn't have a good uh, a good family bond. You know, I always say the person, the most important thing we need to do is we need to have the father and the mother having dinner at the table with the kids every night, bringing them into that that circle of family values where you're teaching the kids how to live and how to be productive and how to be caring and how to be a thoughtful person, how to be a productive person in society. So a lot of these kids are already missing that component, and then right. they're also being desensitized to uh, the value of life. They don't value life. They're not being taught to value life. Kids are torturing right. animals and doing all sorts of wacky shit, and it's just a horrible thing. And our society, we're not talking about any of that stuff and I gotta say, a lot of that stuff is is promoted by the liberal left, and it, it's um, I, I think they're bringing on most of these societal problems, but yet they have the media and they have Hollywood and they have a lot of uh, a lot of platforms where they can turn that blame around onto onto good people, and it's not fair. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're absolutely right. No, and and you know, we see, you know just what what president trump's reaction was in terms of you know saying talking about red red flag laws and you know more background checks but dan i mean you're the gun expert we already have all the background checks in the world and the red flag laws are pretty much already there right i mean what else could he do yeah yeah well we yeah we do the background checks don't do a, a damn thing anyway because they don't affect the people we need to we need to stop background checks only affect the people who 
are willing to go stand in line and get a background check. <laughs> you know, the, the, the people we're concerned with, don't they, they avoid that and they laugh at that. The background checks don't do anything. What they want to do now is they want to increase the background checks and they want to add things like, um, you know, family members and things like that being, you know, universal. They call it universal background checks, which would really make it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to to buy uh, guns. And the problem with a lot of the background checks is good people get denied. You know, 90, what was it, like 90, 90% of the criminals that were surveyed in prison was, uh, admitted that they avoided background checks altogether to get their guns. And then, you know, a, a, a large portion of the people who are denied uh, gun ownership because of a, f- a failed background check. A, um, you know, a large portion of them are uh, false positives, which means good people being denied for no good reason. It could be for a, a common social security number, a common name, a mistake on an application. Any number of things will deny people. So now, what you're doing is you're 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 limiting good people the ability to protect themselves, and you're doing nothing to stop the bad guys from getting guns. So now so that's the problem with universal background checks. I I don't like them. I don't I don't if they worked I'd be all for it, but they don't stop the people they're supposed to stop. So that's one thing. The red flag laws are are downright dangerous because we had a guy in uh, in Maryland named uh, Gary Willis and he was shot and killed in his in his front door uh because a family member said that he could be a risk. So the cops came to his house to confiscate his guns at 5 in the morning. He shows up at the door with a gun because what would you do if somebody's banging on your door at 5 in the morning? I sure as hell would have a gun in my hand. And there was a scuffle at the door. The cops shot him in his own house because they were told to go to this man's house, take his guns without due process because of a, simply because of an accusation by a family member. It was someone they had a dispute and the the person called the called the cops on him and said he's a danger to society. So that's what red flags do. Red flag laws do. They 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 give authority to police departments to confiscate guns without due process. So that's a scary thing to me. Um, you know, I understand that. You know, maybe there's a chance that they will uh, stop uh, some people, but they're also going to put a lot of good people in danger. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, everybody, I, I uh, do have a few more callers to take, callers to take, and then we will uh, get to our guest. But I'll go to Gianni. Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, I've been hearing what everyone is saying, and uh, I agree with most of it. First, I'd like to just say Trump, for the a millionth time, has disavowed white supremacy and racism and bigotry. He's been exactly. doing this for years, but the Democrats don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe that he's disavowed because they want to make up something. And today, you know, it's funny. He said that he was going to set up something with the FBI to look into these groups, these, you know, uh, uh, extremist groups. And a person on CNN literally said, I don't believe him. I don't believe he's actually going to do that. So I agree with your frustration, Rory. What the hell can he do? That's right. I mean, he tries everything. And they yeah. just always find something to complain we about. Can't please and these they people. Say, they'll always pick on him. It's like he could cure cancer, and they'll still say, "Well, what about AIDS, man? You haven't cured AIDS. Do that for us." Yeah, exactly. And you know, he disavowed white supremacy. So I understand. Yes, there is, uh, you know, dangerous white nationalist groups 
you know, domestic terrorism, all that. There is that. We need to watch out for that. But I don't take them seriously. I mean, these. Are, they, I mean, you got white nationalists like Richard Spencer. You never see him, even though I don't like him. But you never see him go and shoot up a mall. You never see never. him go and shoot up a ballpark. I he, even saw. I even saw him get punched in the face by an Antifa member, and he didn't even respond. He actually acted like a gentleman and didn't do anything about it, just made them look exactly. like idiots. And, and, and I don't want to glorify him, but he's very eloquent. He's very respectful. He'll talk to anyone, whether you're black, white, and he's a white nationalist. So that's not an excuse. The thing is, I told this, I put this on social media yesterday, and I said, we need to bring back the insane asylum. And the mental hospitals, because you look in the 1960s after they started closing JFK, as great as a president he was, he started closing the mental hospitals. And then you saw homelessness and then you saw crime, you saw drug abuse. It drastically rose. And this this is not me uh, putting right wing talking points. This is backed up by data. This is backed up by facts. This actually happened. So we have to bring back uh, the insane asylum. When it comes to video games, you know, I, I. I, I'm if it, I'm you know I'm not really into that because I played video games all my life. I was playing Grand Theft Auto when right. I was a kid, you know. But I never right, had like it. I don't I don't you think know? those are the issues. I don't think video games are the issue. I'm just saying I think people get ideas from it, just like movies. But but people get ideas from everything, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I I was I was the name of this movie called Scream, uh, Scream, where this guy the the person was just saying. Uh, about horror movies, and he was like, horror movies make insane people more creative. So that is very true, that the movies and the games that we watch and everything are making people like, oh, maybe I don't have to do it this way. Maybe I can go and shoot up a movie theater because the guy in Colorado, the guy that shot the movie theater was inspired by the Joker. I mean, this is a Batman movie. This isn't a horror movie. This is a Batman movie that he's inspired of. So I believe we need to definitely bring back insane asylums. We need to look at people's lineage, people's DNA, and see what the hell is going on because that's how they used to do it back in the day. And you hardly saw uh, uh, school shootings. You hardly saw people with guns going around shooting people and all this other stuff. Um, I would also say about the red flag laws and the all. I, you know, I really don't have a position yet. Because I really, I'll be honest with you guys, I want something done. Because it's been happening too frequently. Now, I'm not saying we should ban guns. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we need some kind of background, just tougher background checks, I believe, universal background checks or something that's going to be like, hey, somebody with a, you know, a mental illness should not be having a gun in their hand. I'm Like, if we want to be protected as a society, I understand rights and stuff like that. But some of these people just... Something's wrong in their brain. Because if you look at all the school shooters, they they all were been diagnosed with some kind of mental illness that they were taking pills or, you know, and you can look at them. You don't even have to do study on them. You can look at the picture and you can look and tell that there's something not wrong. There's something wrong. There's something that's not uh, calculating in their brain. You can tell. And that's what's always the, the issue. So I believe we have to get tough on who's getting guns and who's not getting guns. We do have to close the gun show loophole, I believe. I know that's not a famous conservative thing, uh, uh, position, but I believe we have to close the loopholes because people say, you know, things like, oh, well, you know, Chicago, somebody mentioned Chicago earlier. Why does Chicago, why is it so dangerous, but it has strict gun laws? 
But you forgot that there's Indiana with lax gun laws, and every gun that's registered for murder in Chicago is from some kind of Indiana gun show. So I believe we have to definitely close those gun shows and everything and make sure that those people – people are not just skipping background checks and just going to gun shows because it, it can, you can do anything. You can go to a gun show and say, hey, I want that gun. Oh, okay, how much you want to – all right, here you go. And they just give it to you. And that that is not a good thing at all. So I believe we need to close that. But that – we should keep the AR-15s, keep the AK-47s. We should not ban guns. Ban, guns are every American's right. Um, you know, of course, except for mentally ill people, they don't need that. Just like mentally ill people uh, don't have, you know, rights to all kinds of all kinds of things. You know, we got to mm-hmm. use our brain and our um, our uh, logic sometimes. You know, but that's that's my view on all of it. Right, and, and you know, very very well said. And I just saw a meme earlier today, and it said, "If guns kill people, then why do?" Why do millions of people, or it said something like, why do all these people go to gun shows and, and no guns ever go off? Or, or no, no, no mass murderers ever, ever get on the loose. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's just like people want to say guns kill people. No, it's people kill people. No, they don't. It's not the guns people that are the people. problem. It's... Agreed. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. No, I was just no. I was, I was saying I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, let's go to. Uh, and I do got to get to our guest, but uh, Kevin, go ahead. Absolutely. Well, unlike a Gianni, the conservative base actually does have a backbone on this issue, and it's really important to realize that when you're in this kind of political climate where there are more shootings taking place, what do you do? You're going to take away people's guns and their ability to defend themselves? I mean, that's, that's idiotic. And, you know, you, you can't just, like, look into people's DNA. You can't be looking into their entire genetic history. I think that's, that's not a good idea. That's how you have people, you know, racially profiling. And, you know, if you look at the FBI crime statistics, you have, uh, you know, the African Americans who are 13% of America's population. They commit almost 50% of the crime. And so when you look in their DNA and profile based on, actual statistics and, and all that instead of like if they're lawfully abiding citizens or not then you, it's a huge racial issue it's, you can't do, do any of that you can't profile or take away people's guns and so i mean this whole situation has been absolutely tragic but you got to keep in mind at the same time that it's not just tragic for the people directly affected it's a tragic for everybody i mean indirectly and directly alike because it's not just the case that we're having the media profile, I mean, uh, on this crusade against guns, on this crusade against Trump and his entire base and against white people in general and against all the platform points that Trump has, it's also against uh, empowering these social media companies to, again, use their Orwellian technology in order to look into what everyone is doing at all times and to make anyone out to be a terrorist. We know that these people that control the social media companies are out to get the Republican Party. You see it all the time. Google wants to make sure that a Trump victory never happens again, and they're actively working to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And what they do is whenever there's uh, you know, certain things that you say or do, it could be very innocuous or mild, but 
you'll be banned from social media. You'll be banned from the ability to speak out in, in a public forum. And just saying a lot of these things on even like the public radio, it's um, it, we're safe now, but in, in the short future, we've, we'll be targeted. And like what we say right now on the, this line could make you a target of a red flag gun confiscation. You'll, you could have the ATF knock down your door and shoot your, your dog or your wife or what, what have you. It's, it's a terrible situation all, all through. So, you know, conservatives have to be strong through and through to protect our constitutional bill of rights. And it, you shouldn't have to hear the whole story about what was the case with this certain shooter. You know, it obviously wasn't a white supremacist in the case of the Ohio shooter. He was uh, known to be a communist, had communist viewpoints. What viewpoints, what ideology killed more people than communism? There, There is none. And then also, secondly, you got to think about he killed his sister. He, uh, white supremacists don't kill their lineage and, and whatnot or their local inhabitants. So it, it is, it's a, you know, you shouldn't have to hear about the, the sideline story. You should know that the Democrats are picking and choosing what battles that they want to engage in. And they're coming after your guns and your gun accessories. And it's, it's very important. We, through and through. Uh, Trump should not be saying that he's going to crack down on video games because video games are just as violent as they always have been. Ever since the Xbox, PlayStation, all these consoles were invented, they haven't gotten more violent. It's the people that are getting access to these guns, the drugs that they're in possession with. We need to stop all these uh, you know, prescription and illegal drugs, not not these video games. You know, come right. go after the source of it, not yeah, not something as as petty as as video games or people's ability to own guns. Well, no, I agree. I agree with you, and and you know, I I've all, I've always said, you know, if 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 we give the Democrats an inch with any sort of gun control legislation, they'll take a mile. You know, I was I was upset when Trump banned bump stocks last year. I thought it was unnecessary because, you know, it's basically giving in to their, to their agenda, to the Democrats agenda. You know, it's like, leave the second amendment alone. You shall not a fringe upon, you know what I mean? You're absolutely it's, right. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things, Kevin, that I, I wish Trump would just stay away from doing anything with the second amendment, just leave it the way it is. And I think he will ultimately, I, I don't think he's going to mess with that too much more, but you know, I, I, you know, it's just like, Jesus. Um, let's go to uh, Sam, Sam, go ahead. And I'm, I'm getting through everybody. Doing, and then we'll, um, yeah. I'm getting everybody. I just want to announce real quick. I got about like two more people on the panel I have to get to. And then I'm going to take a quick commercial, and then we're going to talk to uh, famous author Michael H. Brown. But, uh, Sam, go ahead. Okay. Let me give you the good news first. The good news is that uh, we got like 300 and, what, 26 million people in this country, yeah. and we got over 390 uh, million guns. So if we right. were a radicalized, crazy, nut-job country, uh, we got more than enough weapons to kill off everybody, and that's not happening. That's not happening because, by and large, we have a stable society. The bad news is that ever since 1962, our foundation has been crumbling. Ever since they took God out of the schools, took the Bible away, I mean, I just need to quote you a little quick scripture here on Romans 
chapter 1, verse 21, it says, For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became nonsense, and their senseless minds were darkened. And it goes on to say in verse 24, Therefore God delivered them over to the cravings of their heart. And it goes on to sexual impurity, but other stuff. But basically, we're operating in a society without a foundation. This society, even though people may not connect the two, but when you're telling boys they could be girls and girls they could be boys, when you're telling people that they were evolved and they really don't have any moral foundation, there is really no reason to live other than today. And so, therefore, when you get these people who's already halfway uh, incoherent mentally, it's easy to bring them over the edge. They have no counterbalance. And so they, you know, with the violence on TV, and we all grew up watching violence on TV and movies and different stuff, but the normal person can differentiate fantasy from reality. But, but like I said, because most of us grew up with a moral foundation, we knew regardless of how we thought, we had our feet planted at least partially, if not fully, on the Word of God. But now we have a society where God is no longer involved. We turn our back on Him, He turns His back on us, and we have a society that's telling you that you can be whatever you want to be, so if you can be whatever you want to be, why not be a mass killer? It doesn't make any difference. When you die, you're dead anyway. Yeah, no, no, you're no, you're right. No, you bring up a great point, and you know, it's like, like I said, Sam, like it doesn't matter what laws are in place; evil is always going to exist. You know, if somebody wants to carry out an attack, they're gonna do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do it. They're gonna do it, and uh, and and that's another thing. If we talk about getting rid of all the guns from the citizen. Uh, at this stage of our society, the only people that's going to have weapons is the criminals and the police. And when the police come, whatever's going to happen has already happened. As far as I'm concerned, I think well, we got like maybe 33 states that are carry states. Uh, when they make gay marriage uh, reciprocal throughout the nation, they should make uh, carrying reciprocal throughout the nation. So folks like me in the once great state of California can protect ourselves if we go to Walmart and some wingnut comes in there and acts crazy. Yeah. Oh no, no you're you're absolutely right. Um, no, very very well said. Uh, I I also um, would like to welcome to the show uh, retired police chief, homicide detective, and activist Michael Balsi. Michael, obviously you you worked in this realm, uh, you know, and in, in, in dealing with these kind of crazy scenarios. What are your thoughts on all on all this? Michael, are you talking there? to me, Roy? Yeah, yeah you must have had me on mute. I, 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 I couldn't hear you. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, this, I, uh, is, this subject this subject yeah, is, is probably one of my fortes, and I'll, I'll clear up a couple of issues first. Um, as far as Gianni was concerned, I totally disagree with one thing. He... Cutting out. Cutting out a little bit. See, that is a that is a that is, um Hey Michael, you're cutting uh, out a little bit. Okay, so let's try that again. How about this? Now you're good. You're good now. The the gun show loopholes is a fallacy. And Illinois likes to blame Indiana. I could speak to this. I was the chief of police in the county 
in the county seat that has one of the largest gun shows in the state of Indiana. Indiana has strict gun laws. It does not have weed laws. Uh, it just has normal gun laws. I mean, you can get a permit to carry a gun. Every purchase in Indiana, you have a background check, as you do throughout many states. Almost every state requires a background check to purchase a firearm. The only time a loophole exists, and it can exist anywhere, is if you have party-on-party sales. So you have a friend. He wants to buy a gun. You say, well, I got to have a gun, and I'll sell it to you. The proper way to do that is to take it to a licensed dealer, have him do the transaction. That happens sometimes, but it doesn't happen enough times. You need to make that sale illegal. That's not exclusive to any particular state. It happens all over the country. Hence, the reason there's so many guns in the inner cities unaccounted for. Somebody's house gets broke into, what do they steal? Their jewelry and their guns. What do they do after that? They go to the nearest gun store and they buy to replace their guns. Now the stolen guns are in the street, but the homeowner has now replaced his. So the glue pole thing is, is completely on the contrary. However, Gianni, I do agree 100%. When we started closing mental institutions in this country, and a lot of that had to do with radical Democrats going all the way back to the 60s, it didn't happen in the 60s overnight. It happened over a period of time. The ACLU got involved. They regulated the mental health industry to death until these places closed. It's even so bad right now, it almost takes more than three, at least three family members to get somebody committed. If you're not treating these people for mental illness, these kinds of situations are going to manifest themselves frequently. So that's just one issue. The other issue is this whole gun thing is not about stopping fatal shootings. It's about unarming the public. Because an armed citizenry is hard to force things on them. This is a free society. The Second Amendment is probably one of our foundations. And it's the foundation of all amendments. And That's the reason it's in there is so government can't totally control us. I I would like to mention a a couple other things, too. You know, again, I mentioned about the guns in the street. There are so many of them. You know, policemen stumble on these guns frequently and, and, and confiscate them on a daily basis. But there's just so many. I'm not sure how you could ever go about getting all those guns off the street. Uh, So there's always access. So Mm -hmm. it's an educational process. It's reopening Mm -hmm. the mental institutions so that when somebody has a note, a kid finds it in school, right, he's got a list of people he wants to kill, uh, you know, or whatever the case is, they can be referred at least for an evaluation. You know, and then if they need continual mental treatment, they can get it. Doctors are prescribing drugs right now that they give for children that uh, 
have, um, you know, are hyperactive, but they have an adverse effect in adults. And a lot of these people are, are not, they're taking the wrong kind of medications. You know, look at London, for example. They ban guns. Now, how many stabbings a week are they having in London? If people, if somebody wants to kill somebody, they're going to find the means to kill them. And I would like to mention, I know you're short of time, I do want to mention about the uh, red flag laws. You know, I'm not sure they're going to get any more strict than what they are. And what's in place now, I exactly. think is in place for the, for the safety of society. You go to, woman calls the police and she says, my husband's threatening to kill me. The first thing the police say, does he have any guns? Yes. So you go over there, you separate him, you take his guns. Now once everything is, you can't keep his guns, but once everything right. is resolved, he can come back in and get his guns. Mm-hmm. I think those are good laws to have in place. I, right. I, I don't no, have I, a problem with that. No, I agree um, with you. No, I agree. Everything you say is well said. Oh, you have a, you have a, you have another thought? Go ahead. Well, I just want to say that you know there's there's another thing about background checks as opposed to having a license to carry a gun, because somebody may have purchased a gun legally for protection in his own home, doesn't right. necessarily give him the right to carry it away from his home and go commit right. a crime with it. And that right. was one of my issues working working homicide was. You know, on the rare occasion, somebody might be found not guilty because I well, I didn't have very many. I had very few of those because I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night if I thought I put an innocent person in jail. So I was pretty confident my cases were pretty good. You know, in a rare case, the prosecutor maybe makes a couple of missteps and you lose a case. You know, my thought was, how come you never addressed the issue or charged them with carrying a gun with no permit? or convicted felon in possession of a handgun. Those charges never even seem to get charged, and I've talked with homicide detectives all over the country, and it seems to be a common problem. And yet the public would look at it and say, yeah, why would you just let him walk? You could have at least charged him with this. So it it just flies under the radar in a lot of cases, and it seems to be used uh, by agencies uh, as more of an investigative tool. So you know a guy might be committed maybe 30 burglaries, but you can't pin him. So you find out he's carrying a gun and you arrest him for gun no permit. And then he talks to you about the burglaries. It's never used as a as a second or third option in, in a felony case, let's say. So there's no right. there's no real incentive not to carry a gun without a permit. There's things that can be addressed, but I sincerely tell you it's got to start with the mental care facility. These killers are not white supremacists. Timothy McVeigh was a white supremacist, okay? This is just a, a, a democratic term they're throwing out there, right? But right? We don't have a white supremacist problem in this country, okay? They are, they're out there. They're known as skinheads, right? Right. We, when was the last time they were involved in a crime? You, you just don't see it. It's not a white supremacy problem. It's a mental illness problem. And with that, Roy, if you want to come back to me, I'll be here. Okay, sounds good. Um, let's go to uh, we do got we do got to get to Michael 
Michael Brown here in a second, but I will go to Mike Peters, and then I will take a commercial, and then we will introduce Mr. Brown. But Mike Peters, go ahead. And then, Gianni, I'll let you get Hi, 30 Rory. seconds before commercial. But go ahead, Mike. Hi, Rory, how are you? Um, gentlemen, I don't know if I'm doing fine, hanging in there. I don't know if many of you know, but I, I used to have two federal licenses. I was a licensed gun dealer for years, and I've got a completely different take on this. I've been a gun collector for over 50 years, 55 years. And and I've, I have my permits, I mean, license to carry concealed in four different states. Never mind a Utah permit that covers me a lot of other states. But there are things that people aren't looking at for this whole thing. The NICS system. With anything you turn over to the politicians, they, can, they end up warping it, morphing it, using it and abusing it to turn it into a money-making machine for themselves. Now, the NICS system, they won't admit it, but it was flawed from the beginning. But everybody shook, they shook each other's hands, pat each other on the back. Oh, look at us. We did something. Well, they tried fixing it in 2007. Look up the original bill, fix the NICS of 2007. They came in and said, look, the states are not reporting. We're not getting the data that we need to update the FBI records. How are we going to do this? Okay, we're going to fix the NICS system. We put the bill out there. Now, some, some of the politicians wouldn't sign off on the bill. They said, well... My state doesn't have the money, and these towns don't have the money to have extra personnel. To, bullshit. You could have, if you have somebody that's a, with the court records, when that person's convicted of a felony and they put it into the computer, there should be something on that computer that sends a copy of that record directly to the FBI so that they'd be updating the NICS system every day, hourly. And that could be done from every police department and every court system nationwide. With time, it would be able to work. And that would update it. But no, they're not doing that. Every state has different rules. Well, this and that. Well, there's HIPAA laws. Well, about the mental illness. Well, they skirted it. And so the government said, well, okay, we're going to provide money. We're going to have grant money, millions of dollars available for your state that needs the help. And some of the states took the government up on it. Because when you do that, what do the states look at it as free money? Ooh, I get free money? Did they upgrade their system? No. But they got millions. They got free money. Oh, what a deal. This, this next thing is a, what a moneymaker. We like this. Take a look today in April 20, 2000, uh, 2019. There was an article that says states are still not reporting in the way they should. So the next system is flawed. Now, add to that the Pentagon. Like that, what happened with that airman? Remember that airman uh, that was caught for uh, abuse and he served time? Uh, would they put him in Leavenworth or something? And remember that, that guy that they finally, remember the guy that they arrested? I mean, did he die? I forget now if he was killed or what. But that showed that the Air Force did not report it. They didn't follow through after they kicked him out of the military and report it to the Knicks. And what did he do? He went out, he passed the Knicks check, the background check, and bought his weapon. So they're not, they're dropping the ball. The government and the politicians are the ones that are at fault for leaving that gaping hole in the system open, and the public doesn't understand it. They never heard of Fix the Knicks, the bill that was out there in, in 2007 and again in 2017. And it hasn't been updated. It hasn't been fixed. Well, if they want to do something in Washington, let Congress get together and, and mandate that these states, when somebody's convicted of a felony, when somebody is, is put in an asylum because they're a danger to themselves or others, or if somebody has an issue like this kid making up a list of Somebody that's dangerous or someone's going for an evaluation, the NICS system should be aware of this, and they're not doing it. And who are they going to blame? They're going to say, well, let the uh, law-abiding citizens, uh, let them take up the slack, and we'll take some of their rights away. It's their fault. 
No, it's not our fault. It's this government system. It's their fault. They shut down the asylums to save money. And they started doing it after World War II, even earlier, if you start looking at it. Because the federal government was subsidizing so many states and state facilities. Uh, you know, all of these asylums, and they were shutting them down. But then again, if you remember back in the 50s, the movie The Snake Pit, which was on Rockland Psychiatric here in New York, that helped promote it because people were afraid, look what they're doing to these poor mentally ill. We have to let them free. When any of you have a chance, go to Google and type in, here come the crazies. Here come the crazies. It's an article that was in the paper from 2013 where Governor Cuomo here in New York State, after the Newtown nightmare where those kids were killed, Governor Cuomo released 6,500 lunatics from the nuthouses and let them free in New York. And the state psychiatrist came forward and said, there's no way to make sure they're going to be taking their meds. What are you doing? The state didn't care. It comes down to the money. It's not us. It's not our safety. It's the money. Well, yeah. That's it for me, Warren. It's my, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all, it's insane. It all is. Uh, Gianni, I'll let you have 30 seconds and then we got go to go to commercial. I know you want to respond and then I'm going to come back with Michael Brown, but Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to respond to what your guest has said, the one, because I'm from New York City, so we have a big problem in New York City with the mentally ill. And, yeah, I didn't know that. The Here Come the Crazies article, man, that, I'm definitely looking that up. I had no idea that that actually happened. Yeah. Uh, wait, are you, are you, are you, you were talking to Michael? Yeah, yeah Gianni. Yeah, Gianni, it's unbelievable. And if you look at it and look at the time frame, Gianni, do you remember when we had idiot, we had those the lunatics pushing people off train platforms and we had that other retard that was hitting people with a hammer? These are yeah. the people that came from corners, yes. And then they wonder, but they're mentally ill. We have to be compassionate. We're progressive now. Let them live free and flourish. Sit down. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the lunatics. Put them away. No, not here. Not in New York. Not in America. Johnny, go ahead. You have to say. You want to say something, Johnny? Oh no, I'm done. I'm just agreeing with him. Yeah. All righty, we're gonna go to commercial, everybody. We'll be right back. Uh, stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. 
Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in now 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenexgenusa.com. Also remember, in about a month, maybe a little over, like I was talking about earlier in the show, uh, we are running a little late on the deadline with uh, uh, for launching it the network next month, but it'll be within a month or two. It's looking like at this point, like I said, so we had a, we had a little bit of a setback, but then we got the, that third investor. So now we're all squared away. So um, probably, you know, a few weeks or a month late later than, than what I was expecting uh, for launching. So stay tuned. And like I said, I'll keep announcing more and more details about it. Uh, but, you know, as far as it goes, we'll be having many, you know, as far as everybody, you know, um, is, is, is what, God damn, I lost my speech for a second. Um, what it is now and how it's planned and how it's laid out and everything that's uh, put in place is we will have many notable people doing their own shows, like I said. And uh, also my good friend, America's Toughest Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, and Director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer will be the faces of the network. So that is very exciting. A lot to look forward to. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, and uh, I, do, I do really apologize about the delay, but award-winning author, public speaker, activist, and founder of SpiritDaily.com, Michael H. Brown. Michael, how are you? Uh, fairly well. How are you? Good, Michael. Sorry about the delay, man. I, I'm never uh, this late, and uh, the show just kind of ran Longer than I expected tonight. We were talking about that, those shootings that happened uh, over the weekend that were just out of control, and uh, it's so many people on the line. I'm sorry about that, but how are you? Welcome to the show. Uh, your first time on. Uh, great to have you here. Well, nice to be with you, Rory. And uh, you know, your first time on the show, Michael. So please tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Tell it how it all started for you. Uh, you know how you got to where you are. All your Obviously, best-selling books. You you've had quite the career, my friend. Well, I was a, I started out as a newspaper reporter. I broke the Love Canal case. That was a toxic waste dump where they had to evacuate thousands of people back in the late 1970s. And then uh, I was in uh, New York City as a uh, as an author. After that, I I wrote a book on the uh, 
on the mafia. I wrote some books that were based in uh, in uh, in science and so forth. And uh, in the early 1990s, uh, after kind of a metanoia, I guess you'd say, I I started to write uh, books from a Christian perspective, and that's where I am uh, today. Basically, is SpiritDaily.com is is uh, is is as it says, a spiritual website from a Christian perspective. Right, and tell tell us about that. Tell tell us about that. Well, it's every day. It's an aggregate site, kind of like the Drudge Report uh, for for Christians, and it has and it uh, compiles information from around the world, links as well as original stories. Unlike the Drudge Report, I write uh, about about everything from. Uh, near-death experiences and miracles and and healings to spiritual warfare, uh, which of course right now is is rampant out there on the spiritual landscape. So uh, we really we try to cover all of the uh, all the bases. Uh, like I said, uh, a, a real array on the on the landscape there. And you've written how many books? I know it's quite a few. How many exactly, though? Uh, uh, Twenty-nine, if you include the smaller ones, and uh, wow, and and uh, most of the ones in recent years have been on, I guess, what you would call phenomena, miracles, um, the supernatural. That's kind of where my interest is, and uh, and so that's kind of that's not kind of that is my focus. So things that are are supernatural, because I think that the media has for too many many decades just completely ignored this realm and and uh, finally it's coming to the surface largely because of the internet and social media yeah and you know you you know you yeah you've written all these different books and i know you have a um i know you have a, a new you know popular book out called lying wonders strangest things tell everybody about that well, back, Rory, in the 1950s, there was a radio broadcaster named Frank Edwards from out west, and he wrote a uh, a book that had to do with the with the oddest things in the world, really, and supernatural as, re- as well as regular worldly mundane things that were just very unusual. It was called Stranger Than Science. And yeah. I, when I was a kid, I read it and reread it, mm-hmm. and this is kind of an update on that. Although I think even stranger, it uh, because it's access to so much more information. So many things have gone on in the last sixty years since he wrote his book. But uh, right. strangest of all uh, seeks to to do the same thing as in in these short chapters, uh, a little over sixty of them, each one telling a different account of something. Uh, very bizarre, frankly, and mm-hmm. many of them have to do with uh, with Christian phenomena or, uh, or with or with demonic phenomena, with things that are very deceptive. That again, the, the mainstream media has tried to make it palatable. Some of these some of these deceptions that I think are not only just that deceptions, but very dangerous ones. And so I'm trying to. Um, Uncover a lot of these deceptions and 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 tie them together and show people that they should be concerned and not fall into all the traps out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. It, it's, it's, and it's and this book, this book. Tell 
tell me how long did it take you to write it? It was a couple of years in the making, of course, actually decades uh, of experiences because I've been researching uh, a wide range of this, whether it's ghosts or UFOs or whatever may be the case since the 1970s. And actually, I collected in, I was started collecting information on UFOs in the mid-60s to date myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've come to see that whether we're talking about Bigfoot or Mothman or whether we're talking about uh, lake monsters like that one over there in Scotland at Loch Ness or at Lake Champlain, that, that, that there is a commonality with UFOs, with aliens, ZT, and uh, that commonality led me to believe that they're all part and parcel of the same thing, that one of the reasons that we don't have any physical evidence for these things is mm-hmm. because um, they're not from a physical realm. They're coming from another dimension, and that it's a, it's a, uh, it's a very dark dimension. It's a deception that the small, the, as I say, the smell of sulfur is there, whether it's Bigfoot or an alien. So I, I urge people to be very careful with this stuff because it's rampant. Now, now it's now it it is rampant in the media and and of course on the internet and social media. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what what like this, this, you know your imagination must be. You know, fascinating. You know, writing writing this kind of stuff. I mean, what? How, how does somebody write something so detailed and so, you know, super? Just like, just I mean, just like it, it's so it's so uh, creative and so different and so uh, you know unique in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, how, how does how does somebody write something like this? I mean, what, what's your whole routine to, to, to put this all together because I, I can well, only imagine I was, the imagination it takes. Well, uh, uh, and also, though, I was going on that template of Frank Edwards' Stranger Than Science in the 1950s, but uh, w- with a lot of different variety in, in it. Um, I might have a chapter that talks about this one boy in the Philippines who disappeared in front of people, and in, in, in front of many people, including an entire classroom and teacher and and so forth. I may be talking about a prophecy that uh, of more than a hundred years ago that named uh, Trump, that that had the name Trump, and was all about um, uh, a fella who fits the bill. The the description was astonishing. Um, I may write about because I'm interested in, in people who seem to have an electrical charge. So I did research on that and found the strangest cases, or I or the strangest case of cars that seem to be cursed. Uh, the, the number 11, a lot of people keep running into the number 11 and think there's a mystical quality or dimension to it. And so I look into something like that. I, I, I try to find what I think were the most intriguing UFO stories, accounts, uh, and, uh, and so forth. The greatest coincidences. Um, that I could find. So it was a matter of taking a, a topic with each uh, chapter and finding the extremes, the mm-hmm. the um, the oddest things, the uh, you know the most jarring of various phenomena. Yeah, and, and let, let me ask you this: um, how 
you know, I, I want to kind of just shift a little bit here. But you, you write a lot in your books about, obviously, Christianity. And, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, went to Catholic school, Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. So I'm, I'm very familiar with, um, with the religion. Uh, how, you know, and with Christianity, you know, how do you uh, explain and kind of, you know, uh, define the, the attacks on our religion, especially in today's society? I mean, you look at the, uh, and I don't know what side you align with politically, and uh, you know I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to cross any lines or anything. I don't know if you're open about it, but if you look at like Christian conservatives, they are very, um, they're very targeted. Uh, you know, the, the Christianity religion is referred to as bigots. You know, we're, we're we're called all these names by all these different people, and it's like. You know, religions like Islam get coddled and get babied and and are called the religion of peace. I mean, it, it's pretty sad and it's pretty scary, the attacks on us. You know, how how do you – how do you see it? You know, what, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I think it will intensify, especially after uh, President Trump is is uh, is out, whether it's in a couple of years or, or in, in, at the end of a second term. I think that, right. that uh, there's going to be a tremendous uh, backlash. Uh, and I think, of course, uh, one of the reasons that he was put into office in the first place uh, was because Christians felt so tread upon and, and, and were and have been. I mean, everything from having to bake cakes uh, for, for folks that, that you don't want to bake cakes for, which strips your religious right. freedom uh, away from you, uh, to having to uh, service abortions or, or, or whatever. Uh, and... And, uh, and and it was getting very dangerous. It was getting very dangerous out there. It was. Uh, we may have a bit of a reprieve right now, but frankly, I don't think it's going to last. And like I said, it's it, there's going to be a tremendous snapback, and I and uh, and Christians um, uh, should should prepare for that because the long knives are out for Christians, and more so now than I think uh, ever before. And, and what do you, you know, what are your thoughts and, and your, you know, your reaction to, you know, th- this country was founded on God. This country was founded on traditional American values, you know, signature values that we all, you know, led with and that, and that we all followed and kind of abided by. And now you have all these politicians and certain political uh, individuals, you know, figures, people that are you know, have have certain power that, you know, want to take God and Christianity uh, away from schools. They want to take it away from communities. You know, they want to say that it's offensive. You know, even they say like the, the dumbest stuff that, uh, you know, even crosses are offensive. I mean, I heard that recently from people on the left. I mean, how, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you see this? I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on this? You know, whole whole situation. Well, I think they already accomplished uh, what you just described. I mean, they certainly have have uh, taken God out of our school system, out of our courtrooms. We and and as a result, and out of business ethics as well as a lot of other things, not just public schools, not just the educational mm-hmm. system or the courthouses. But it's just uh, absolutely astonishing that they've made. They've nearly made any any Christian term a, a, a hate term. They've nearly made yeah. 
being a Christian a hate crime? And uh, you know, to, when you're in, when you're coming and you're a pro, you know, you were your show has been a lot about uh, the right to bear arms. And uh, what about the you know the religious rights that have been uh, really stripped from us in a lot of ways? With yes. some, like I said, there's a reprieve right now, but uh, there is going to be payback time. And uh, and I think I, I think that's pretty obvious when you just see some of the Democrats and, and what they have to say these days. No, you're absolutely right. No, very, very well said. And, you know, I want to, I want to ask you, you know, how, how does, you know, obviously you have a, obviously a very close relationship with God and, you know, you're, you're very, you're obviously very religious and, um, you know, like, like, I mean, I, I, I'm religious. I, I'm a guy that, you know, believes in faith and, uh, Obviously, I'd like to get involved more. Uh, I'd like to go to church more, and um, you know, just just get get more just get more invested. You know, I obviously I, I was when I was a kid and went to, to Catholic school, but as I've gotten to be an adult, you know, I, you know, just certain things happen. You know, schedule. You know, just being busy and, and not not getting around to enough things that I want to do, but one of the main things that I want to do that's on my list and uh, a priority is, is getting strongly back in touch with God. And, you know, I, I've been making it my duty to go to church about once or twice a week. And even if I'm not going for mass, just go and say a prayer and sit there. Cause I, you know, when I do go to church, I do feel at peace and I, I feel at ease and I, and I feel like I'm in a, in a great uh, state of mind and it's just really peaceful. Uh, but, you know, obviously writing books about it, you know, it's like you, you live in it. I mean, you're, you're God and Jesus are basically in your blood. I mean, every second of the day, especially if you're writing about the higher power and, you know, uh, obviously you have so much invested into it, but how, how does, you know, obviously somebody get so in touch with God and so in touch with the religion, but as well as what, what inspired you to do this as well, you know, to write all these books about Christianity. Well, when I was writing the book on the mafia that I mentioned, I wasn't going. I hadn't been to church yeah. for 15 years, except for occasional wedding and and funeral, Christmas time maybe. Um, and while I was writing that book, I had to rub up against a lot of evil, frankly. Um, not just I thought it was just human evil. I I didn't believe in in uh, I didn't know anything about demons. Demons? What do you mean demons? I I kind of believe that yeah, there's a devil out there, but I don't have to worry. He's busy with Linda Blair. You know, I wasn't right. I wasn't uh, I I wasn't focused on that whatsoever. But I found out in writing that book, in in when I was interviewing actual hitmen, when I had a hideout with a, a mobster who had been arrested and murdered and, and fingered seventy four of his fellow uh, gangsters from the Newark area, from the, from the mafia clans, I found out that, the, that there is metaphysical evil, not just human evil. And I started to get attacked uh, by it because I was unprotected. And so that pushed me back into church. And really the, the answer, I think, to your, your question about getting closer to God is a matter of praying. I think you know, it should be the last thing we do at night, first thing in the morning, and we have to make time for it. Everybody's too busy. But, you know, John Paul II was a real busy guy, and, and yet he found time to pray seven hours a day. Um, so I, I think we could 
spending a little more time that way, and, and, and things open up for us. The Holy Spirit, whatever your denomination, opens up for you. And I'd also like to add, Rory, that this country, the United States, until it was stripped of this by secularists, this was a Christian country from day one. It was when Columbus yeah. came over. Columbus was a third over Fran, Francis, Franciscan. He was thinking of becoming a priest. When these men like Columbus or De Soto or Ponce de Leon or Menendez, when they were coming over and landing in places like Florida, the first thing they were doing was sticking a cross in the ground and claiming it for Jesus Christ. And a lot of the uh, a lot of this has been taken away. Of course, you won't read about that in the in the textbooks. You won't read about the history of St. Augustine, Florida in 1565, a uh, totally spiritual religious event. You want you most people don't know the the Mississippi River was once called the River of the Immaculate Conception or or uh uh, Chesapeake Bay, the Bay of uh, Mary, and you can go on and on and on with uh, with these examples. But this has been all hidden from us, and and they, that's one of the reasons they attack Columbus so much is because there was such Christianity behind the foundation of this country, and without that Christianity, there would never have been this country. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it, you know, it, it is. It's one of those things that we're dealing with, though. We're dealing with a war on. We're dealing with a war on principles that founded our country. I mean, how silly does that sound? You know what I mean? We are, and one of the reasons that we have Spirit Daily, and one of the reasons I write all these books on the supernatural is because it brings it brings matters alive. I have seen so many. So many miracles in my uh, lifetime, especially since I came back to the church, that that uh, they don't amaze anymore. Um, they're always wonderful, but they don't even amaze anymore. Just a part of life, and that, and and I think we're always called to live a supernatural life, and that's why I write about it so much because there's so much material out there, and it's really uplifting, and it proves out the faith. It proves out the reason for foundation of our country. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it does, it does, it does. And I mean, what what do you see uh, as the as the future? I mean, uh, do you see it getting scarier and more dangerous for Christians, or do you see it well, getting better? Well, like I said, I, I think that uh, we face a very dangerous uh, period of time. I, I, I myself think that they're going to be I've, – I've written a lot on prophecy, a lot. Um, and so obviously I give it some merit. And I believe that we're coming – we're approaching, especially in the 2020s and, and 2030s, uh, very transformative times. Uh, this is not going to end up being the country it is right now. Um, there's – the world is not going to be as it is right now. There are going to be a lot of natural, economic, political events, geopolitical happenings that are going to really change matters. And and uh, and I think the United States, to be frank about it, and I think this is coming into sharp relief with events like El Paso and 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 and, and so forth. I think that um, that we're in danger of a 
of a uh, civil war in this country. I think that that it could well end up breaking into three or four republics um, in a in a perhaps not so distant future, especially if there are major disasters that break down our infrastructure. And anyone, I'm in Florida, anyone who's been through hurricanes knows how quickly the infrastructure can vanish and all of a sudden you cannot get gasoline. You cannot uh, get water without electricity in your home unless you have a hand pump. So, um, you know, I think that there there are going to be a lot of events that have to do with the infrastructure of this country and breaking it down that are are going to uh, are going to occur. And I I was, you know, sh- shifting topics a little bit. I was reading what well, before I ask you this, I, I want to ask you what are your thoughts? I, I never got your thoughts on the whole uh shootings over the weekend. What are your what are your thoughts on that the entire massacre? How do you how do you feel about the situation? Well, I look upon everything uh you know as a Christian and it's it's just uh absolutely uh, horrible and you know if there's <laughs> the number one thing and you know I used to not want to talk like this because us men aren't supposed to but the number one thing in the spiritual walk is love and if you don't have that then you're just playing religion you're not really involved with it and you're not tapping into it you're not tapping into God who is love Uh, I think that both sides of all debates need to start realizing this because, uh, you know, there are, as as Trump himself said, there are good people on both sides. But, you know, we need to start coming uh, coming on that common ground of of uh, of love and wishing each other the best instead of what's going on right now and what's what's deepening every every day. So the rancor is is uh, horrible and. At the same time, look, um, we have a right to have have laws and borders and so forth. Um, we should try to help the poor people all around the world. And I think if we help them more around the world, that they wouldn't try to barge into this country. I, you know, we we have a right to to our borders, but. Uh, in this country right now, it just uh, all the rules, all the old rules have been thrown out the window. Institutions have lost tremendous credibility. They seem to be dissolving before our our eyes, including the church. And so, well, we're at a time uh, of, of 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 semi chaos, which uh, unfortunately, I think is going to intensify. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. Very, very well said. And you know, I want to ask you. Um, I, I was looking. I was looking up your book, uh, the, the the Trumpet of Gabriel, which was written in 1994, and it says that people like Pat Robertson, Billy Graham, uh, Pope John Paul II, gave you. Uh, you got you got insights from them. You got. Uh, you know, obviously uh, reviews, and, and they they read it, and they were they were involved, right? Well, to deg- uh, a degree, um, and Very I'm nice. cross. I, I'm 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 cross. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm Catholic, but I'm cross denominational. I mean, I also have. Uh, right. When I came back to the church, I went to, in Manhattan. 
I I also went to non-denominational, charismatic, Pentecostal type uh, uh, churches, and I learned a lot on spiritual warfare. And that's really what's behind so much of what we're seeing in society. I mean, I I, I see everything being uh, framed in a political, societal, cultural context, but really. Uh, it's not a culture war as much as it is a spiritual war, and we're we're battling right now with uh, there's a real battle going on between good and evil. And I'm not saying either. And, and I want to emphasize that there's evil and good on both sides. And but you know what it comes down to, it's easy to discern. The word evil is the is the word lid spelled backwards. Uh, the devil likes to turn everything around to reverse things like he does during a black mass. And so whenever you see something that is anti-life, whether it's abortion, whether it is, is war, whether it's something like uh, uh, just happened in Dayton and El Paso, well, <laughs> you know who seems to be... Uh, uh, behind that, not so much mental illness and and all of these other things pointed to uh, by the talking heads on these various uh, TV shows, but rather a metaphysical battle between light and dark. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. And um, what what do you you know what what do you see as uh, you know the future of of Christianity, I mean, what what do you see as? Um, do you see any other religion taking over, or do you think Christianity will still be the leader? Well, I, I Christianity will never be be uh, quashed ever. Uh, right, right. It'll no, survive well, course, anything, yeah. you know. Um, but but uh, it'll it, it'll uh, shrink and purify. I think it'll it'll be smaller. Purify, and then after that, it'll 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 grow again. Right now, we're we're facing a time of uh, of shrinkage for sure. Uh, secularism is is at its height. There are all these quote nuns unquote n o n e s not n u n s um, people without a religion. And and uh, look, I I honor anyone who believes in God, but we're we're facing up against the occult now. We're facing up against the the fact that witchcraft is growing in leaps and bounds we're we're seeing satanism practiced publicly they they're they're showing their shameful faces and uh, this is all uh, very precarious um and just a stunning uh, turn of events so there's there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of struggle ahead for christians but but struggle is good it purifies and in the end uh, christianity will Will again predominate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll go to uh, Sam. Let's start with you. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, you call me. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, you know, there's a lot that I I agree with what he says because there definitely there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on, and like I stated earlier. Uh, our society doesn't have a moral foundation right now. Um, you know, this country was based on the Judeo-Christian values, and um, the, the steady erosion of those values have made its way into the environment so much now that 
uh, like I said, you know, they don't fear talking against Christians. But the problem is this. The problem isn't those that are against Christianity. The problem is the Christians are not exercising the power that we have. We have the power to bring this nation to its knees, and frankly, that's what this nation should be, on its knees. It should be on its knees looking back at God, looking back at uh, what he's done for us as, as the greatest country in this world, repenting of our evilness, and then walking in a manner worthy of him. Because no matter how we think that we can do things on our own, um, we can't. And we found that out over the years by just stepping away from him and trying to do it on our own. It's self-evident. So, yeah, this country just needs to turn its head back to God straight away. No problem. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, let's go to let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Well, it's a really great to speak with you, and I can't speak for everyone when I say this, but I, for one, absolutely agree with your message of there being a spiritual warfare of your uh, your prophecies and your overall outlook on uh, Christianity and uh, what's going on uh, in especially America. And uh, I'd like to ask about uh, this topic of uh, soul saving. And uh, it seems like, especially as you just said, how there's Satanism is openly practiced. It's getting worse than it ever has been in, in modern times. And it's uh, whenever you have Christians that try to save souls or try to convince a Christian viewpoint, they aren't just uh, disregarded. I mean, you have a visceral reaction from these uh, non-Christians in uh, the most, I would say, very demonic and just horrible uh, responses that you get from people. And uh, I just really want to hear from you any insights as to some of the best kind uh, kind of methods to help lead people in that direction because personally I've seen that if you just reach out to you know a few friends um, and that, that aren't Christians and just try to look after them like a brother or sister and just teach the faith and that that's been working all right for me but uh, I like to hear from you and you know and again we get back to prayer prayer can crack anything open it can it can uh it can blow holes into principalities over regions and, and in, over entire countries, over cities, and so forth. Um, when we look at demonism, you know, people think of of, uh, of these movies like The Omen or whatever, but there's plenty of demonism everywhere, and it brushes uh, everybody and, and, and can infest uh, so many people. But... Um, it's it's incredible to me that instead of truly loving and helping people, for instance, transgenders uh, trying to help them become free of what I think is a spiritual affliction, uh, infestation, instead of helping these people get right, we normalize it. And, uh, you know, it's gone to the point of the really the absurd. If it wasn't so tragic, it would be it would be a comedic. It would be it would be uh, it would be funny, but it isn't funny. And just w- whether it's somebody shooting up um, El Paso or Dayton, Parkland, wherever, or whether it's a transgender, whether you know there is there is a nefarious presence behind the scene. And until that is acknowledged, until it's pointed to, until it's uncovered. 
it will be able to operate as it likes in the dark because we're dealing with the Prince of Darkness. Kevin, you want to respond? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We lost him? Okay. Oh, I, I didn't know if that was uh, the, the full answer because I was uh, really curious about how to, like, get people to fully, you know, embrace Jesus, embrace the faith, um, you know, uh, just go out of their sinful ways, essentially. And, and, and you know, it's 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 really as simple as just wanting to. It's as simple as just talking to God. It's as simple as just reaching out to him and asking him to lead you that way uh, because he he is the only one who really knows you, who knows every single person intimately better than they know themselves. And so you just reach out and ask him, how do I do this, Lord? Uh, Holy Spirit, how does this happen? Illuminate me. Illuminate me as to my life. Illuminate me as to my purpose in life. You know, I do a lot of work with people who claim uh, to have died and come back, you know, the clinical near-death experiences. And they are absolutely amazing in their consistency and how they describe the afterlife and how they describe uh, how their lives were evaluated by the Lord on the other side. And this can be whether it's uh, uh, Protestant or Catholic or Buddhist or, or or Hindu or agnostic, or for that matter, I know atheists who have had this experience and are no longer atheists. But we, it's it's a, just a matter of, of sincerely reaching out to God. You know, help me understand this. Let me understand this. Come upon me, Holy Spirit. Illumine me. Because at the end of all our lives, you know, everyone talks about the end of the world, but the, we know for a fact, here's one prophecy I'm 100% sure of, we know that the world is going to end for each person listening to the show and for myself, for every single person on this planet. And that should be our number one priority. We're so caught up talking about all these other things, whether it's politics or sports, entertainment. We're so caught up in that that we're wasting very valuable time that we'll never get back again. Because when we die, we're going to find out that every single second on earth was precious. God is perfect. He doesn't make a mistake. He has designed a purpose for your life. Everyone has a mission in life. And every day it behooves us to pray to God to to fulfill our missions so that when we're on the other side and being evaluated, it's kind of a happy circumstance. And one of the main things that people who come back from these experiences, and there have been millions now, even many doctors have had the near-death experience and written about it. The number one main thing that they said they were, quote, judged on, unquote, if you want to use that term, it's, it's not really done that harshly. In their, their review of their life, the number one thing they were shown was how, how much they loved others or didn't love others, how they made others feel. And so I think we have to be really careful how we treat people and talk about people, no matter how much we disagree with them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, well said. I don't think that uh, it's not necessarily the case for most people. I, I just wish that uh, most people were able to do do that and for us to help them go in that direction. Uh, well, I, I do too, because it's very it, it redounds to their eternity, and and this is just so. It's the most consistent, one of the most consistent things 
in all of these various experiences from around the world, and there have been so many, many, many thousands of them. Uh, D- Dan, go ahead. Well, just listening to uh, to this conversation, I you know I'm thinking about the the left and how they have really started to denounce publicly denounce uh, God and religion. Uh, they say things like you know thoughts and prayers don't matter, and they and they really try to play down all that, and uh, that that's that's disturbing to me. Um, I'm not the most uh, the most religious guy. I never claimed to be. I, I don't I don't practice probably as much as I should. But um, to hear stuff like that really uh, really disturbs me because it tells me that society is 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 failing. You know, and, and which which brings us to why we have such uh, problems with with some of our kids. They're just not brought up with the values. They're not brought up with the values of family. They're not brought up with the values of God. They're not. They're just not brought up in the values that you know kids were um, back in I don't know the 50s, the 60s, and earlier. You know, families were 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 stronger and tighter uh, than they are now. With all this uh, disintegration of the of the family, it, it's. it's that's the most troubling thing to me, and I see it seems pretty clear that if we fix some of those core issues of our society and we get back to traditional American values, uh, I always use the term, you know, having dinner with the whole family and talking about your problems and talking about your day and, and discussing things, having a mom and a dad to bounce your problems off of, <clears throat> you know, and to, and to lead you, um, all that stuff, that's all the most important stuff, and that's the stuff that we're that it seems that the liberal left is um, trying to remove from our society. So, so that's my biggest gripe. It's not a gun issue. Obviously, we know it's not about guns. It's it's about violence and, and anger and hatred and, and a rage that that gets created in society. It's a human nature thing, but it gets perpetuated. It gets created um, in a in a, in situations where love and caring and guidance and, and productivity uh, where that stuff is missing. So I, I wish we could get to that place where, where we could all focus, both left, right, Democrat, Republicans, and just all people of this society. I wish we could get to that point where we could all work on those core issues. Uh, that's really what? what's going to help help our society, I think. Well, you're you're right, and you know that old expression: the family that prays together stays together. You can also use for a country: the country that prays together stays together. And and the fact is that there is a huge segment of the American uh, public that wants to just negate God. We've turned our backs on God, and therefore we've we've turned our backs on the grace that He bequeaths. Uh, so that's it's been a tragedy. It's the hour of the power of darkness. And once we realize that, hey, this isn't just about culture, psycho- psychology, all these other things. This isn't just psychosocial. This is real spiritual combat. And uh, in, in, until we see it that way, we won't be able to uh, confront it properly. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think... Um... I think that's right, and uh, unfortunately, I don't see some people in our society ever even considering that as an option. You know, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. You, you know, it's uh, the 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 devil no longer exists, uh, and actually, 
the supernatural no longer exists, and therefore, you know, uh, just do your own thing, anything you want to do, and and don't worry about consequences because there are none. There are consequences, and uh, everyone's going to find that out someday. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is my my friend Eric Pratt. You guys, you guys might know Eric Pratt. He's um, executive uh, director of Gun Owners of America, and uh, he he gave me a book uh, called More Than a Carpenter. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that book. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's a story about Jesus, and I and I'm reading it, and I'm I'm fascinated with it. I absolutely love it. But um, so you know, I think it takes an open mind. Uh, for people, and and unfortunately in our society, a lot of people are just closed off to that stuff. It's not it's not cool. It's not whatever uh, to some people it is. Some people, you know, they they tend to gravitate toward the the science um, and and anything that they can't see or understand uh, doesn't exist. And I think that's I think that's a bad way of looking at life and a bad way of looking at the world because a lot of stuff we're just not evolved enough to really understand. And I think faith is important because, you know, it, it, it helps us get through life with the things that we don't understand, the things that we can't mathematically calculate and the things that we can't figure out. We always have faith to, to, to lean on. That's the way I look at it. Well, um, unfortunately, yeah. some people are scared of, of that. I think. Well, it's, I do, it's a good point. I do We've made science into about, religion. I do got to run to commercial about fifteen seconds, but finish your thought, um, uh, Michael. What I'm were you just saying? saying we made we made science a religion, and and uh, they can't even tell me the cure for the common cold or whether eggs are good good or bad to eat. Right. So I think that I think we we go back to God and 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 not consider science our God. A lot of thi- a lot of things uh, will write themselves. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, very, very well said. We, we'll be right back, though. Everybody, stay with us, and then we have a we'll have a few minutes left in the show. But uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, 
sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production, everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in now 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Um, let's go to Michael Balsi. Michael, go ahead. Hi, Rory. That was very interesting, and I uh, I appreciate everything Michael Brown said, and uh, I think he's a lot still, of what he's he said He's still with us, by the way. I, I believe a lot of the things he said are spot on. We're definitely in a battle of good versus evil. However, I, I do think that battle is taking place now, and I actually think we're winning the battle. It's the things that happened years before that people just let go, starting with prayer being taken out of the, out of the school and uh, taking down monuments, and more recently people being sworn in on a Koran. Things that flew under the radar, like the Koran being taken out of, I mean, like the Bible being taken out of military bases and being replaced with the Koran. What President Trump has done, and if you read the Trump prophecy, uh, I think it was written by uh, uh, Taylor, uh, Mark Taylor, a fabulous book. In fact, uh, him and, uh, and the president have met and discussed that book many times. I believe the president had prophecies of his own. He's the first president, and probably more so than, than Ronald Reagan, to talk about religion, profess his faith, uh, more so than anybody in recent times. I, I really think the po- there's a positive change taking place. We're still a Judeo-Christian country. We're still a center-right country, and that's becoming more obvious as you look at the numbers, the polling numbers, and don't look at the mainstream media because they've been bought out. If you look at legitimate numbers, you know, it's all of us against about 20 to 25% of the population at this point. You put out a religious tweet, something really nice, on Twitter, and and it will get 1,000 or 3,000, 4,000 impressions almost instantly. That's just the sign that The country craves religion. I'm a Catholic. I haven't missed a mass in over three years. I was in Italy the last two summers and went to church there. I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus. I I see things happening, and I see people more openly uh, profess their faith. And I, I think Donald Trump was sent to us by a higher power 
I think he's going to be around here for a while. And I'm sure there's a plan in place for somebody after him. I look forward to the future, and I think the uh, I think more positive things are ahead of us than negative. And I'll leave it at that. And if you're looking to find me someplace, I'm on Twitter at Michael Volsey. Perfect. Well, well said, as always. Um, let's also go to uh, Mike Peters. What are your thoughts? Go ahead, buddy. Well, a very interesting subject. I mean, uh, I thank you very much for, for coming on the show. Great to hear from you. And, and paranormal issues, uh, I mean, yes, religion is a, a big part of it, obviously. I, I mean, I'm I'm Greek Orthodox, and uh, I wouldn't say that uh, I'm a, a Bible thumper, but I'm, I'm very religious. And uh, But I'll tell you what, I sent pictures of my collection over to Rory, if you take a look at it. I've collected war souvenirs and studied World War II for over, oh my God, 50 years. It was from when I, I got my first German helmet, I was seven. Um, and I've got a room full. I loan items to the History Channel. I've set up displays for museums. It's, it's an extensive collection. A lot of reference books have borrowed things from me. As I told Rory in our, my text, I sent him Dr. Branch, as you haven't seen my collection. And we had a great conversation about World War II. Great, great man. Um, but I had one author that was doing a book on paranormal. And um, he told me that he would like to come up and he wanted to do studies in my room. He was convinced that many of the artifacts in my room were haunted. And I wasn't very receptive to that. I mean, I didn't make fun of him. But he said, no, no, no. He said, just as a, a test, I want you to turn on a cassette deck and leave it recording overnight. And in the morning, you're going to hear voices. And I told him, you know, with all due respect, I don't need Amityville Nazi room with war souvenirs. I don't want levitating swords in my room. Thank you very much. I'll switch to <laughs> Beanie Babies if it ever comes down to that. I don't want to walk in and see a mustache hovering in the middle of the room. And he said, no, 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 I'm not making a joke. I'm serious. And, uh, but uh, it always, it always wondered, I always wondered about it. If he was saying, like, energy could be absorbed by an artifact or an artifact that went through something like a specific battle or some horrendous event, horrific event that, uh, you know, would imprint on the item. And so it's something that I don't discount. I know many people would brush it off and say, no, nah, it doesn't exist. I don't think we know enough about it, about it. So I'm glad to see that, you know, authors like yourself that are tackling that and discussing it. Right. Because over here in this country, I don't think we have the right to even share an opinion. This is a young country and Europe and the rest of the world more of a history with that and it's accepted more I think right right um, and, and and Michael I do Michael I do got to close out because we are we are out of time okay. Michael uh, I really appreciate having you on the show and please tell everybody where they can connect with you buy your books do all that good stuff well uh, the book is available of course on Amazon or at uh, we prefer at uh, www.spiritdaily.com, spiritdaily.com, like a spirit, spiritual newspaper, which is what it's all about, Christian, Catholic, uh, okay. largely. But, but uh, it's there. The book is there to be to be found, and uh, or they could search up Spirit Daily on on Facebook. Okay, sounds sounds good, and uh, I really enjoyed having you on, and uh, I hope to have you back again soon. Uh, definitely a lot more I want to talk to you about, but uh, just so not enough time tonight, obviously. Well, uh, God's peace to you and, and your audience. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Um, Dan, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Well, thanks everyone for a great conversation. Uh, they can uh, you can find me at goodgunbadguy.net or goodgunbadguy.com, and uh, look forward to the next uh, conversation. This was a great one. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. We always appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yes. You can find me at Nationalist United on any social media and at nationalistunited.com. It was a pleasure as always, Rory. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Sam, go ahead. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube under Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y. Nice talking to you, Roy, and a great uh, conversation and panel you had tonight. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Fantastic show tonight. What a fantastic show. Um, I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. You are all incredible. A few quick announcements I'd like to make. Um, regarding some news I didn't get to. Uh, President Trump has said he will be taxing the hell out of China until there is a a sufficient, legitimate trade deal in place. So he's not backing down on that. Uh, President Trump did sign a massive $1.3 trillion budget deal that is bipartisan, and uh, it will uh, take care of a lot of things that uh, are on our list uh, of urgency. Um, President, you know, also, also as well, uh, President Trump did rip California, rip, rip California Democrats for how they've let that state go. I mean, you look at San Francisco, you look at Los Angeles, it's a rat infested shithole. Uh, nothing but feces, needles, and garbage on the ground everywhere. It's disgusting. It's really sad. And uh, I'm glad he's calling all of this stuff out. Big news, black youth unemployment has fallen fallen to the lowest level ever, ever. Think about that. The lowest level ever. I mean, amazing things are happening. Um, Everybody remembers when Gillette decided to do the tranny commercial. Uh, Well, they lost $8 billion uh, for pulling that stupid stunt. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Baltimore, new report out today, Baltimore can't account for the millions in federal funding that they've received. All those dirty politicians pocketing the money. It's, it's disgusting. Um, and leftists now want to change Halloween to a different day. I mean, we're dealing with so much madness, people. We'll get into more, a lot more of these topics on the next show. And for the stuff I didn't get to tonight, I'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, I hope you all have a fantastic night. Uh, I love you. Thank you for being with me. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, everybody. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Cheers. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. 
Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.